these guys. My theme music. Every good hero. Hi right, everyone, this is Tim on the Online Big Blue bringing you this the New York Giants Sports Talk. There, Tim. It's Friday, April eighth. We got the draft coming up soon. It's rocketing closer and closer, day by day. You can, you can sense it. You can smell it. You can taste it. Can we just get it on and over with? Because I want to get this season underway. I want to get, I want to get this roster somewhat set before we start thinking about the summer. Thinking about till we reach that point in August where we join the camp and everyone's singing kumbaya and the Giants are going to win 15 games. Vegas came out and said the Giants are going to win seven games. They got the Jets at five and a half. That is a very early prediction. That's still 10 losses, but I'm not seeing seven games right now. I usually rely on the Vegas line, but I think sometimes in Vegas, you have to, um, you have to just think about it. You have to just wait and see. And the Vegas line adjusts quite often. So let's see what the Giants do with the draft. Let's see what they do in training camp. Let's see what goes on during the preseason. We're going to talk about James Bradbury, Mr. Lockdown himself, the big corner, the big acquisition by the Gettleman. He's in a sixth year in the league, second over, excuse me, the second round, 62 overall pick, 28 years old. He's the big signing we had. He was the lockdown guy, of course, for Patrick Graham that first season. He lost a step a little bit. Uh, 2021. I mean, it's it's um, it could be the fact that it was the lack of the pass rush. It could be it could be just some age. It could be just he had a bad year. That happens. But he is the the target trade person right now for the Giants. He's someone that we either need to move on from because of the fact that we need that money for the rookie salary cap. We need some operational cap space. And he's a guy, in my opinion, that James Bradbury. If you look at him, and he's still ranked in the top ten corners. I believe he's number two overall paid cap hit wise in the league for corners. I think he's like 17th in the NFL in reference to uh, corner corner salary. He's a guy that you thought would be easy to move. He's a guy that you thought that we would be able to be like, yeah, okay, yeah, we we could we could get at least a second rounder for him. But the cornerback market is kind of dried up. It's turning into the Sahara. Kansas City Chiefs came out and said they're not serious about trading for him. They don't want to take on that $13.4 million in salary. The maneuverability of his contract, I think, is what's going to um, be his hindrance. And, you know, you, you got you to think it, uh, you know, case in point, he's a year removed from being a pro bowler. He did finish uh, last season with 47 tackles and he intercepted, I believe, four passes. He's a significant piece of the secondary because you can keep him still at the CB1. You can keep a Dory, a Dory Jackson at the CB2. Do you sit there and you, do you consider moving on from his contract? Not moving on from his contract, maybe extending his contract into 2023. Well, we have $9 bazillion. No, because I think Shane is smart not to do that. Now, the question is, and question will be, for a player of his caliber, yeah, the, the salary net's pretty high, but the Giants said they're willing to take on some of that salary. Um, why? Why is there no market for James Bradbury? I'm going to tell you right now, as more and more time goes on, there is going to be less potential for the Giants to move John from James Bradbury. If they do not move on from him via the draft, before the draft, I should say, there it's it's going to be, it's we're probably going to have to be looking at somehow lowering that salary nut. Maybe we do extend in the 2023 and eat some of that money just so we can get some operational cap space. But I think the biggest issue also is the fact that not only is it his salary, not only is it the fact that he did have a bad season, he's coming off a bad year, there's also some 
interesting corners in the top, in in this year's draft. I, I I actually think there's about ten that I think are that are quality enough in the top 100 prospects. I would think there's about ten in my mind that are available in this draft that will be a cheaper option than James Bradbury. And unless you are a serious contender, that's who was probably going to want to take on that James Bradbury salary. But the problem is, if you're not a contender, you're not going to trade James Bradbury to like Jacksonville. You know, they have a boatload of money. You're not going to trade James Bradbury to a team that's rebuilding like the Lions. Because by the time he's good, it's just not going to be there anymore. So you're looking, a lot of these guys looking at the draft, you're looking at Ahmad Gardner. I know a lot of people have him uh, listed as their top, uh, top corner. I still go with Stingley, I, even with the injuries. He's ideally suited for a press cover guy, which I would want to have. You know what I do like about Gardner is, besides, he's, all right, he's handsy. I'm going to tell you, that he's handsy. He, he, he is Eli Apple handsy, but he's got the mentality and the toughest to be a CB1. And he's also got 33, I think he's 33-inch arms. He's got a long reach, and that's good for a corner. He's got long speed. He's at 441. He changes direction well. And he's got the height. He's the big corner. So you got him in the draft. You got Stingley, who came in as a freshman during LSU's title run. And has really, you know, excelled. If he would have came out of his freshman year, he would, he would probably have been in the top three. And he's only played 10 total games over the last two, season, two seasons. And, of course, he wasn't as dominant as he was because of his, uh, because of his injuries. Like he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that's a ball hawker. He had six INTs, of course, in 19. He's, I believe, talent-wise, he's more talented than Gardner. But like I said, you're going to have to deal with the injuries. And you do like Gardner's size. You, got, you also got Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I love Trent McDuffie, even though he's 5'11", 193 pounds, and he's got this, there's, there's, they worry about his average lack of size and his small arms because he's sub 30 inch arms, but he's an aggressive guy. He's physical as a run supporter, and he, he really does limit yards after the catch. He's going to be better. He's going to be more, I think he's going to be more fluid and sh- with his short area quickness, so he, he's going to have that ability to play a little bit better playing in his own coverage. But you still have the versatility to move him to the outside. Some even may slot him as a safety. This is why I like McDuffie. And this is why I've said this before, especially for the Giants. He might be able to play safety and corner. And you kind of do a little mixture with Julian Love. You also got uh, Andre Booth out of Clemson. Another guy's a little shorter. I think he's a guy that's going to be, he'll be able to fit a few more schemes. He's He's a good run defender. I didn't know that he was a former five-star recruit, which, like I said, no, that means nothing when you get into college. And just like if you're the ACC comeback player of the year or top corner of the year or whatever, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. But he's another guy that you get in the draft. And what's his name? Roger McCreary out of Auburn. Another smaller guy. You know, only 5'11". But he plays with a meanness. He plays like he's got a chip on the shoulder. And like I said, he's another guy that's that complaining. He's got short arms. I'm more worried the fact that he, how smooth and fluid he is with his hip motion so he can, way, can change direction and coverage. You also got Kyler Gordon out of Washington. Another, a lot of these guys are short guys. A kid out of Florida, I can't remember his name. He's like 6'2". I think he's... Um, and his father, I think his father and his uncle were both safeties in the NFL. Was it Elam? 
I think it is. I can't remember. He's another guy to look at. He's got four three nine speed. I remember that. Uh, Kyler Gordon. He's another guy that um, he kind of ran a he kind he kind of had a disappointing combine. He only ran a five uh, excuse me a four five two. But you know what? He's again. He's 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 has excellent 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 quickness and has an excellent ability to change directions. He's another guy, in my opinion, that could play in multiple formations, multiple defensive schemes. You got Tyreek Woolen. He's uh, he was he was if I remember he's he's like six four. He he converted over uh, from wide receiver. I think that was in he was in eighteen nineteen. He had like he had like some like two hundred sixty three yards and a touchdown. So he's he's kind of a raw talent guy. But again, it's like Malik Willis. He is a raw talent guy with elite traits, and he ran a fast. I mean, a fast forty at four two six. Second best of the combine. So the problem is you have all these guys. You also have Marcus Jones out of Houston, Martin Emerson out of Mississippi State, Mario Goodrich out of Clemson. You got, uh, what's his name, Cam Taylor Britt out of, um, uh, out of uh, Nebraska. Anyway, you got the, the other kid out of Georgia, the senior, Kendrick. You got him as well. So the, 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 the ability for a team, especially a contender, to find a corner later in the draft is, is, is what we need to look at in reference to even when considering trading James Bradbury. Are you going to get the full value for James Bradbury? If you do not trade him before or during the draft, no. Unless there is an injury somewhere on a contender that needs a corner. You're not going to get the value. Does Deshane pull a Logan Ryan and just ship his ass out because of the fact that, you know, he's, he was part of the other regime? The answer to that is no. Also because of the fact that you can't eat that cap space because of the fact that you need to, you neither need the talent or you either need getting some type of asset for him. If you let him go, you're just letting him go. And you're not getting anything back from it. And that's not a smart way to run, to run your draft. And we think Shane has been pretty smart right now with the way he's been doing things. And I think those are the big reasons why that we can, uh, that we, that we actually look at this. I think it's funny. I'm talking quickly about Daniel Jones. You got a lot of experts around the league who, uh, who are basically saying that um, Daniel Jones isn't the guy again. And, and this is funny because, like I said, outside of New York, no one else talks about this. But, you know, Marcus Spears came out and says, unfortunately, I don't think so, in reference to Dan Jones being the man. Spears is also, he used to be a defensive end, and he's an analyst for ESPN. It's a tough valuation because he's had so much change in his career, but some of those things you would expect Daniel Jones to fix on his own outside of Austin's quarter, he just hasn't. He panics. His ability to manage critical situations seems to get him, and in this league, there were so many games are so close, you have to win a number of those close games. Not having the confidence to think that you're going to make the right play in those situations really, really put me out on him. Even uh, you had the guy from Pro Football Focus, who I don't believe in, says, I think he's an okay starter. I honestly haven't changed my mind much since the pre-draft to take Jones. I always felt like he's in a good, it felt like if he's in a good situation, in a really good situation, he could have a Nick Foles type run. Now, even Tiki Barber, Tiki Barber even came out and said, if you're not, if your guy is not a top 10 guy or top 15 guy, why even keep him? Why even have him? 
Carl Banks basically came out and said that he likes Daniel Jones, but Carl, Carl Banks, I love Carl Banks, but he, he doesn't, he doesn't a lot of times go against the, uh, the giant organization. I think that's probably right. And he's Carl, Carl says he's been what uh, he's been that when he's healthy. And when some of the other variables are in place, I don't think it's asking too much for you for a guy like Daniel Jones to be an above average quarterback. You can expect more from your quarterback than the reality is there are just a handful of elite players in the league at this point in time. You know, you, you, you this is what you expect would expect from Daniel Jones. And he came out and said, Jones has been inconsistent. And I, and like I said, I, I think, uh, I think that's, that's like I said, Carl, like I said, Carl, um, you know, Carl, Carl, you know, he, he's, he's been, he's been uh, critical of the giants on, on the broadcast. He's, he's been critical on the giants, you know, to certain, to a certain point. Extent. And I give him all the credit in the world for that because it's hard to be the, um, hard to be one of the voice of the giants with Bob, Bob, excuse me, with Bob Papa and still be uber critical of your starting quarterback and the guys that you work for. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Uh, I, and I understand that because like I said, I, I'm uber critical and you know, look what I get. <laughs> look at the, Look at the crap that I get. And like I said, I'm not being critical. I'm just being honest. And I think Carl to his, to his benefit and detriment does that at times, but there are certain situations where he, he toes the company line. Um, but there's nothing wrong with that. Got the big stream on Sunday. 10 a excuse me 10 30 a.m eastern standard time we may one of these days we, mo- we may move it up to 10 gonna have some guests coming on as always got the two new podcasts coming up i may be doing a mets game uh in the near future uh was gonna do it the other day i was gonna do it for the home over but we had a lot we had a ton of rain that's why i didn't get to do a video we didn't have any power again uh so we're gonna move forward on that as well we got a lot of fun stuff coming up got the draft coming up and again this is tim of the online big blue we'll bringing you the best of new york giant sports talk entertainment and as always if you could like if you subscribe, if you're green, that bell, you're going to mean that'd be awesome.